time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier, Chris Martino, and Melanie Howerton. On this week's episode, Jay, Chris, and Melanie, and Atlanta's favorite morning show host, Tad Lemire. Uh, Tad, is it still $50 if I say that? <clears throat> Review the 2000 comedy drama film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your film crickets are on now. <laughs> what a welcoming group you are, seriously. So welcoming. Gate busting Tad's nuggets. This is crazy. This is out of control. You know, most people who didn't meditate as much as I did would storm out right now. Ah, <laughs> oh, you oh, poor man. things. You got it. You're stuck with that guy from that station that plays that '80s and not. You know what I like? I like the '80s and '90s. Um, uh, I listen to it all the time. I'm like, yeah, '80s, '90s, and now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> what station is it? Ninety-seven point. No, no, ninety-eight point five. Uh, oh well, yeah, that's that country song. You're that girl, Kara. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Um, oh. In case, uh, well, once again, uh, this is the Film Crickets, and uh, my name is Jay Fortier, and I'm along with uh, Chris Martineau and Melanie Howerton. How you doing, guys? Oh, Dandy. How are you, Jay? All right. And uh, we have Tad Lemire on. And let me tell you something. Where where that was going is the why we were laughing so much during that is <laughs> prior uh, we we discussed that uh, we discovered that well tad discovered that melanie lives in, in the neighborhood of uh right let's just uh, where he out with it jay and, she lives in georgia she's never heard of my show but she knew i was coming on this podcast right think about it it's the most insulting thing but she's over there she's like enjoying her chateau alon you know she told me she was a mass hole, and then she immediately proved it. She's like, I don't know. I listen to the station that plays the 80s and 90s, which is my station. It's hysterical. I love it. I love it. I love being roasted. You know, there, uh, don't you guys? I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I do love it. Inadvertent roasting, Tad. I do love it. Roasting. What can I tell you? You know, oh, I think boy, as a oh, younger boy. man, I used to curl up in the fetal position, you know, if somebody <laughs> if somebody was treated me like Melanie's treated me so far. But um, <laughs> now as an adult, I actually relish in it. I love it. <laughs> oh. So keep, keep it coming, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Okay. <clears throat> so, all right, Chris, the movie that we're doing today is a uh, Coen Brothers because you know what? Tad really liked the uh, Big Lebowski. Yep. Um, we had him on for the Big Lebowski and Home Alone. And I know Big Lebowski is the Coens. So, and I know you had, uh, Chris, mentioned, <clears throat> Oh, brother, we're out there. I know you're big into the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. I had never seen it prior to yesterday. Oh, okay. wow, really? So, this, this is my debut. I don't know if I'm the only newbie here for that, but uh. so oh brother, where art thou? We had to have Jay. We like we're gonna come back. We're gonna do this movie. We're gonna make Jay watch it. Melanie is now in the fold, and so I am thankful for that. I and mean, we're roasting everybody today, but we're all <laughs> thankful everybody's here. Um, so I think we, where Tad and I are kind of in the same boat. We just found out that Jay just watched it for the first time yesterday. Melanie, your history with oh brother, where art thou? What is your deal? Okay, so I watched it like. I don't know, a long time ago. I know my husband liked it, so I ended up buying the DVD. All right. And then I didn't even realize that I had the DVD, so I was watching it on something just recently on, like, cable, and then it was, it just disappeared, so I wanted to watch it another time, and it was gone. Mm -hmm. But I, my husband was like, I think you bought that for me on DVD. I'm like, I did. <laughs> I looked at it. I was looking through all my movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, here it is. It was, like, all wrapped up. He never watched it or anything. Oh, no. So all right. Then, yeah. Melanie, maybe this, is, maybe this is a problem that you have is, like, you seem to evade media. Like, you don't know, like, I think my, I thought I had the DVD somewhere. I didn't know. I knew I loved movies that, that started with the letter O. And <laughs> See, okay, so I bought it for my husband because he liked it, but I never, I've only seen it one time and then one time recently. That's it. It was on, a, it used to be on heavy rotation on CMT, if I'm not, when I had CMT, it was on CMT a lot. 
Um, even though it's bluegrass, which is only sort of country, um, at least not modern country like CMT would typically play. But uh, all right, so so that's our deal. I, I gotta. I'm full disclosure. My favorite movie is Jaws. It'll always be Jaws. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's not the best movie ever made. It's my favorite movie. But and I'm so into movies. But you know, if you say what's your top ten, I can't tell you my top ten. It's always kind of rotates around. It's like asking what my favorite band is. I mean, it's always like a, a, an amalgam. Of, first, sometimes it's this guy's. It's always in, like a rotation top five. But Oh Brother Where Art Thou is, is in my, somewhere in my top ten. It, easily, all time. I think it's fantastic. Uh, so I'm just this isn't about whether or not the movie's good. It's about whether it holds up. But I'm going to be very upfront and I'm going to try to keep my opinions minimal. Uh, but this is a really, really good movie. All right, so let's get down to it. We're going to get into this movie, but we're going to do the uh, the IMDb breakdown and see who's in this thing. We're right at the cusp here, Jay. This is at 2000. Yeah, it's not it's not 80s and 90s. It's 2000. Oh, so this movie is uh, it, it? It oh, it hit the 2000 cusp yeah. on 2000. Yeah. You know what? We've 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 cracked over the uh, the the side like you know for different stuff like we did Moonraker, oh. which is like 79. No, it's fine. And whatever we did. We we found a loophole for Halloween, which is nineteen seventy eight. True, my favorite. You guys like like action heroes. You play by your own rules. That's true, man. Yeah. We right. The rules are just a suggestion, man. Um, we're like hippies. No. So here we go. Oh brother, where art thou? Comes out in in two thousand. Sorry, PG thirteen comes in an hour and forty seven minutes. And the synopsis goes as follows. In the deep south during the nineteen thirties, three escaped convicts search for hidden treasure. While a relentless lawman pursues them. Wow. I believe that misses the mark. Uh, the directors are Joel and Ethan Cohen. The writers on this. You know yo. what? Somebody probably watched the beginning. Yeah. And summarized yeah, the probably, movie. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. do it. You do it, yeah. Jim. <laughs> like some guy, Jim, no. watches like the first like, quarter yeah. of the movie and goes, Yeah, they're, they're just going for some treasure while he's, uh, you know. These. Um, but we are, uh, these are the Cohen brothers. So Joel and Ethan Cohen. The writers are Homer. Not Homer Simpson. Uh, Homer and Ethan and Joel Cohen. And we are starring George Clooney, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson, John Goodman, Holly Hunter, and a myriad of others, including Charles Durning, uh, one of my personal favorites, Wayne, Wayne Duvall, and a host of others in various forms of, well, rather homey 1930s backwoods Mississippi names like Wash Hogwallop. <laughs> the Little Man, Vernon Waldrip, Homer Stokes, George Nelson, Papio Daniel, um, and Big Dan Teague. So we've got some re- a cast of very curious characters uh, in this movie. All of them remark. Oh, Stephen Root's in this movie as the blind radio man, classic character actor from news radio and other things. Oh um, yes, so- yeah. Is that wasn't uh, he? Wait, was, isn't he the? Um, he was the slimline. He's Office Space, isn't he not? Yes, he from is, Office yes. Space. He's like yeah. the best. He passed away. I feel like relatively recently. Oh, really? uh, I don't know. Uh, Can somebody Google, Google that? It. Go we gotta it. go to the rectangular well, you just device. You're on the IMDb, right? I don't. Yeah, but I don't. They don't you're still on IMDb. Yeah, but they don't have his birth dates. So I guess I could hold on. Check. No, it'll say. Yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah. If you click on. Yeah, it, I know, but he's way down the list because there's so many people oh. in this movie. Charles Durning's dead. I know that. Well, that's not a big surprise. Oh, you well, forgot no. what's her face? The, um, oh my God, what's her name? Holly Hunter. <clears throat> the one he did, yes, yes. No, I said her name. I, what? Totally alive. <laughs> I said her name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Is Stephen Root dead? He might be dead. Gonna anyone googling that? Oh, everybody's right just standing around assuming somebody else He's is doing it. He's still alive. alive. Right. Okay. Still apologies. Alive. Apologies. <laughs> apologies. <laughs> I can't love his work. Can't <laughs> wait to see to more. The- <laughs> and, and now I know he's capable. To the Facebook plenty that uh, want to destroy, uh, they they couldn't wait to run with this information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, about you know, like the death. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like like there was one time I read on Facebook, someone goes, "Rest in peace, James Earl Jones." I'm like, "Holy crap, he's dead!" And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, he's been nope. alive I would do I, since he's still alive. Similarly, today. I saw this thing. It was like Tom Brady is retiring. <laughs> so so oh brother brother, where art thou um i I believe that the one sentence description probably evades uh what the movie's about the movie is the odyssey uh there's no way around it i'm not gonna fake like i'm mr pretentious and say well i read the odyssey in college and i remember all of it i don't i know i read some of it in high school and some of it in college i'm not gonna pretend like 
I read all of it, but I do know the basic idea of the Odyssey. And, and does anyone disagree that we are clinging to Homer's Odyssey with this? We agree. I do, I do, I do. Go ahead, Melanie. <clears throat> okay, so yes, they said that, but it was almost kind of like a joke. And the two producers of the show had never even read that. Mm-hmm. And so they actually had... And I think it was what the heck was his name? I think it, I think it was even like it might have been Tim Blake, the one that did the vocals for in the jailhouse now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, there was a lot of things that they they actually had somebody that read it and they brought him in, and so they had, kind of gave him advice on what to do, like you know, like the sirens and the mm-hmm. cyclops and things like that. But the entire time that they were filming it, they said that they felt like they were just completely ripping off Wizard of Oz. The entire no. time. They just had in their head that this is a Wizard of Oz where three people, and they, they called them three saps, were trying to just get back home. And then if you look at um, the whole time where, you know, they, they flood the town and you see, like, the water going on and all these cute little, like, pieces of banjos and dogs and all mm-hmm. these things kind of floating in the water was kind of like the, you know, uh, tornado from the Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz. Um, also, a funny thing is the Ku Klux Klan, the, you know how they brought that into the whole thing? Yep. The top person in that is actually called the Grand Wizard. Yeah. Um, so, but they just kind oh, of, wizard. They just wizard kind of, of felt like the entire time that they were making it that they were kind of ripping off the Wizard of Oz. And they actually <laughs> like the wanted to call wizard. it. They, they wanted to call the title There's No Place Like Home. And the entire the title actually comes from Sullivan's Travels from 1941. So the, that's where they actually got the title of the movie and also where they got the prisoners that were going to see the movie, like the whole, um, you know, what do you call it? The chain gang. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, uh, all right. But I, uh, what I wonder about then is the beginning of the movie starts with an oracle. Yeah. Who, they said that. Who, they said it was kind of like a joke and then they had somebody that had seen it and they kind of advised them on putting pieces of those things in through the movie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Basically, what she's saying, I think, is that it morphed from, like, Joel and Ethan Cohen had never, were not familiar with Odyssey, mm-hmm. and it was that, uh, what, it was the, Delbert, right? Yeah. Delbert told yeah, right. him, Delbert pulled him aside, and he goes, hey, mm-hmm. um, I actually, this actually reminds me of the Odyssey. So he enlightened them and probably advised them, how can you make mm-hmm. it more like that? And what I okay. like about that is, I'm not familiar with Homer's Odyssey either, um, mm-hmm. so that's fantastic to me that even if the guys didn't, you know what I mean? Let's hopefully we can steer away from this part of the conversation without anybody noticing that I'm a dummy and didn't, <laughs> didn't pay attention in school. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know the classics. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. All, all. all I know of, uh, all I know of the, uh, the first part of the Odyssey, the Iliad is from what I saw in Troy. So that's all right. Um, you know, I've only seen Homer's Odyssey. <laughs> so, but but having said that, and we have to get right into it, is that this movie is all about its characters and it's all about its dialogue. And in my opinion, you have dialogue and characters that don't match who they are. Like you have, a, like for instance, I'm going to start with the Oracle. Now I brought up the script, so you can look up the script online. And, and what we learned from Big Lebowski is that all of the uhs and mans and dudes in Big Lebowski are written in the script. Those are not improvised. Right. Like he had to, he had to learn all the uhs and dudes and you knows and whatevers. But if you read the script, I mean, we see George Clooney. They just, the movie opens with the chain gang. They're trying to get away from the chain gang. And he has enlisted his two saps, his two friends, Delmar and um, Pete. Pete, thank Pete. To right. basically just because he needs help, he knows this. Spoiler alert: there's no treasure, um, but he just needs help. So sorry. You know, there should be more of a pause between spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. And right? the information. <laughs> spoiler Those, alert. Well, you know what? <laughs> our our show deals mostly with past. Uh, you know, pretty yeah. much all past well, movies. I mean, so, like at this know, point, Jay, if you haven't watched, it's it. cool for you to say that. But now you're inching into 2000s, and that yeah. to me is only t- right. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this rule breaking bastards over at the film crickets. But did you pick the movie? Did you pick the movie. I did because of our past. Like we had done uh, Big Lebowski, okay, so okay. and we had discussed other. Uh, there was a debate on all the other Cohen brothers, and then. Mm. Uh, well, but but Tad had said something like, you know, I didn't, you know, I. 
I don't know anything much about, or I didn't really like Hudsucker oh, Proxy. Oh, yes. And then Thank Chris you for saying I'm surprised. Like, if, you had said, if you'd said, Chris guys, I want you to do Hudsucker Proxy, I'd not yeah. be standing here right now. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, <laughs> Hudsucker Proxy is, is a hard pill to swallow. It's not, uh, not the best. It certainly is. I think, I think it gets short shrifted a little bit, but it's certainly no Old Brother or Arthur. It's certainly no right. Big Lebowski or Raising Arizona. But my point getting before is that we see this opening this opening scene where we are obviously in the middle of nowhere in Mississippi in a chain gang. It's we hear the chain gang songs. We we are setting up this. We are expecting to hear country bumpkins throughout, right? Even if it's they're intelligent people, they're gonna have that they're gonna have that thick accent, you know. But we're talking 1930 deep South Mississippi, you know. Again, middle of nowhere chain gang, and we see Everett. Who has broken from the chain gang gets onto a train. He's chained to his two other friends, Pete and Delmar, and we're expecting to hear some really deep Southern stuff. And we hear, say, any of you boys Smithies, or if not Smithies per se, were you otherwise trained in the metallurgical arts before straightened circumstances <laughs> force you into a life of aimless wandering? Like that's <laughs> how. How, dude? I'm How? so glad you pulled up the the script because I was too lazy to rewind it. I was yeah. like Melanie. I was like, I don't know. I didn't want to find the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but that I love that you you looked that up because I was like, yeah. that was just a bunch of nonsense. Yep. But yeah, you're right. Clooney, uh, that character did not fit, and they're just beautiful. Like Clooney yeah. reminds me, and I'm sure you have like kind of a rundown of what you you want to do. So I hope I'm not jumping mm -hmm. ahead. No, do but whatever. His character reminds me so much of Walter, in that he's so knowledgeable. Walter just gets more frustrated at people mm -hmm. who don't understand, like trying to teach the ways of the world. And Clooney's yeah. approach is more of just like a matter of fact, but they're both kind of the same. They use big words, yeah. multi-syllabic sometimes. Yeah. And there was a lot yeah. of similarities I'm sure you picked up on, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is, is he, he's actually dumb. Like he's really dumb. Like he's really, really dumb. But the fact that he can use these giant words as a con artist to talk his way basically into or out of any situation is absolutely fantastic. And so you, you've got these words strung together that I don't know how you write them. Like when he says that, how, like at the end of the movie, when, I don't know, I'll get to that later. I don't want to do that right now. But uh, no, no, just no, to no. what you were saying, not to beat a dead yeah. horse, but I kept on saying everything that you said after that, I was like, say, just like Walter. Sounds mm -hmm. intelligent, but really is, is pretty dumb, right? Right. He's and, a con uh, artist. Yeah, and, and, and he doesn't, he, he's been conning everybody forever. And I, I just got to do one more, too, when the Oracle is telling them what's going to happen in the story. And the old man is, again, out of, magical like man. Like the Wizard of Oz. Like the Wizard of Oz. Yep, magical man comes out of nowhere on a squeaky train track. Mm -hmm. and, and he just says, you'll find a fortune, though it may not be the one you seek. But first you shall travel along a difficult road, a road fraught with peril. Uh-huh. Uh, and pregnant with adventure. What? Who says and pregnant with adventure? You shall see things wonderful to tell. You'll see a cow on the roof of a, co a cotton house and so many saddle, uh, startlements. I cannot say how long this road shall be, but fear not the obstacles in your path. For fate has vouchsafed your reward. And though the road may wind and yea, your hearts grow weary, still shall ye follow the way even unto your salvation. In the script, again, that should be follow. But in Deep Southern, he's saying follow. So it's like all of these vouchsafed. Like the bar. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. you get the bar. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, for bear. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. So you've got. Thank God I had the uh, subtitle. Vouchsafed, ah. but vouchsafed, which is a fantastic word, and follow are in the same paragraph. Like that to me is stunning yeah. writing. Yeah. I, that's, uh, how do you put that together? That's ballsy yeah. to try to do that because you're trying to yeah. tell us that this seemingly, I don't know, like he's disabled but knowledgeable about the universe about what's going to happen and but he's still just a just a just an earthly being here on the ground so you're going to say vouchsafe and and it's just it's so because good it's so good smart. He, he was smart but he's still going to have that accent because he's from the deep south I, I i and you guys know about the accent which i thought was kind of cute 
he was so worried, George Clooney, about getting that accent right yep. that he actually sent his entire script to his uncle, who is a tobacco farmer in Kentucky, has never even left Kentucky. And uh, he asked him to say all of his script on recording wow. so he could get that accent down right. And he sent it back to him. But because he was a, a huge Baptist, he didn't. He did, was not going to say anything that said hell or damn. He wasn't going to say any swear words. So he sent everything back to George Clooney, and he got every accent down right, except for those, because he wouldn't. his uncle wouldn't say them. Um, but it was funny because during the premiere of the movie, he actually flew his uncle out to see the premiere of the movie, and that was the first time his uncle has ever been on a plane in his life. Oh, cool. And that wow. was kind of cute because he got the accent down right because of his uncle. Huh. That's great. But and also- he said, and, 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 and honestly... Uh, the, I was more impressed with the accents of the other two. Like, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying George Clooney didn't do a great job, but they sound, yeah. they seem like they had more difficult accents. Like of all three of them, I understood. I, I didn't understand what he was saying, but I could hear, <laughs> I understood the words. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're right though. You're right. Yeah. Cause you can kind of see, he sounds a little bit more not Southern compared to the other two. But aren't you describing, I'm sorry to jump in there, but aren't you describing also in all of this, just in general, why Coen Brothers movies are so great? Because if you're into a co and culty, because if you're, mm-hmm. if you like it and you pick up a little of that, yep. you, and it's, and it's, you find it good enough that you want to watch it again and again and again. Like mm-hmm. I admit, I've, I love Lebowski. I've watched it a bunch. This I had only really seen maybe once, maybe twice, yep. which is, mm-hmm. and watching it again last night, I'll probably mm-hmm. watch it another 10 times. Right. Cause it is, cause it is that good. And once you realize how good it is, you want to go back because every time you watch it, I swear you're going to pick up something new my, and be like yeah. mesmerized. Uh, what, oh, another one that like, it, it just blows my mind is later on when he finally gets back to his family, but his wife, who is being courted by someone who is is bona fide, right. whatever the fuck that means. Like they're not using that correctly. They're just saying that he has a job. Right? You can't yeah. like you. He's bona fide. He just kept saying he's bona fide. <laughs> it doesn't it. even mean it. anything, right? And he's no, got the bona fide. 12- is doesn't bona fide means like USDA choice bona fide? Like it's, <laughs> yeah, I know. it's That's legit. It's, it's, a, it's another way of saying yeah, legit. He's legit. That's he's legit, said, but it's kind of a malaprop because from what you're saying, it's kind of reserved for beef and not husbands, but whatever. <laughs> uh, the other part of that is that Clooney keeps saying, he can't, you can't marry my wife, which is the best, and then keeps saying, you can't. I'm the, I'm the paterfamilias, which is like Latin for the natural <laughs> father. Why would he know Latin and why would he throw it out in that, that. context? I, I love, love that. You can't, you can't have her. You can't have my daughters. I'm the paterfamilias. What does that even mean? Like, it's like yeah. Walter, again, to go back yeah. to it, it's like Walter in the parlance of our times or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. like, or uh, maybe that's the dude, but you know, like, it's yeah. just awesome. Pa- the pa- I think um, the paterfamilias. He's like, he's like basically what would be 1930s street smart i guess but where did he learn it you know what i mean like so like no but just i i don't know however pick he he knew enough to pick stuff Mm -hmm. up yeah to keep the con going whatever that may Mm -hmm. be he knows what works he knows how to keep pushing it until it Mm -hmm. works Mm -hmm. so he probably learned certain words to make himself sound a certain way just enough to sell the story Uh, you're you're right but that's where i think it's so genius is because we have someone that is so not bright but sounds so smart, right? He certainly sounds apart, but when you when you actually pull the cards on him, he really can't back up what he's trying to say. He's got to figure out a new way out because he's just, he's a liar, he's a con man, but you don't not like him. Yeah. He's a thief. Yeah. These are all criminals right. oh and you God. love them. His facial expressions in this movie throughout mm-hmm. are amazing. Sure. And it's really, it's like his eyes he, he, like mm-hmm. he do like bug eyes or just like sometimes like, it would just be certain moments like like when he's driving and he goes I don't think that's Pete yeah 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 Jay Jay you have what we all have which is a crush on George Clooney absolutely 100% <laughs> oh my clearly God. 100% you're crushing no, like on the, him I'm not just talking about his eyes how sweet they are <laughs> no, what I'm saying is the what they did like you know, like they, like for instance, the moment towards the end, and it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like yep. we're we're talking all out of the whack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just everything's out of out of order. When they learn for the first time that "Man of Constant Sorrow" is a big hit, mm-hmm. the two guys start singing it, and then the crowd goes nuts. And he comes over, and he's like, 
Yeah. Like he's looking left and right. Like, like how the do tower. they know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then he and I could watch him do that chicken dance mm-hmm. thing that he did, oh, like oh, all day. Oh, my that George was, was so funny. <laughs> but he got so that from funny. the Kentucky cloggers. What's that? There's uh, cloggers in his because he's from Kentucky, so he said there was cloggers in his town that when they danced, they would not move their upper body, but their legs were going all over like crazy. So he was trying to mimic those dances. Oh my god, that's so funny. But again, showing the intelligence of the character, he knows he's onto something good, though he doesn't understand why it's good, but he figures he ought to play the audience. It's almost like Gladiator, right? If you win the audience, you win Rome. So he's like, if I can somehow, I I don't know why I should, but I should. Um, And he does (laughs) it, and he's friggin' genius at it. Um, (laughs) He's so good. Again, this, this movie is full of misdirects, and it's full of things you don't expect out of characters we're dealing with criminals but you almost can understand why they're criminals you know what i mean because they're they're in the midst of the depression so of course you're going to knock over the piggly wiggly of course you're going to do whatever and all any of these three gentlemen all they want is to be able like when they get the treasure what do they they say that there's a treasure right there is no treasure but they say that there's a treasure and they ask what are you going to do with the money and they're never, they never say anything like, I'm going to buy a car and I'm going to do, and I'm going to buy whatever prostitutes or something. You know what I mean? Say, I'm going to buy, I'm going to go to buy the farm. I'm going to buy the, the farm, family farm back because right. a man ain't no man unless he's got land. Right. They just want to, they really want to be honest. Right. So you almost as, you can see them as criminals making choices because that was the best they could do at the time. So we as an audience can understand that, but they also want some kind of salvation, right? Of Pete, no, Delmar, when the, there's the baptism scene, which is absolutely fantastic, and Delmar is baptized. He hears the call of, I guess you would say, God, a lot of faith in this movie, right? Here's the call of God. I'm not a faithful person. I'm not a faith person, but I can understand it when it's meaningful. And he goes to the baptism and he's baptized and, and they're laughing at him. And it's just, it's such a neat moment where he, he says, I'm square with the Lord. It doesn't matter what happens after this. Um, and that's all he ever really wanted. He just wanted to be, he wanted to start from scratch. He just wanted to be, he wanted to have nothing on his shoulders. And, and even when he says, uh, you know, uh, I've been absolved from all my sins and transgressions. The preacher done said all my sins are, wa- are washed away. My favorite. Mm-hmm. My sins done washed away. And he says, even forgave me for knocking over the piggly wiggly. And they, his friend said, you said you didn't do that. He's like, well, I was lying. <sighs> and I'm absolved of that too. Right, like, right, like right. Like after the fact. Like he's so happy. If you read him in that moment, he's so happy. Cause he, and then he just, he knows everything's going to be okay. It's somehow, right? And that's all so, anybody wants. Would you say all three of the characters, similar to other Coen Brothers characters, mm-hmm are good people who do bad yeah. things. Yes. And the difference yeah. between how good they are and the bad things that they do is vast. I do, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, I yep. agree. But then there's really, really bad people. Like yep. the... Right. Like the son... Who was it? The the guy is related to Charles Durning's character with the glasses. Oh, that, that actor, that but that the son of... Papio Daniel is Papio Daniel's on. Who's the guy with the glasses? Homer that, Stokes um, was the Grand you Wizard. The, Homer Stokes, the Grand the Wizard. Homer Stokes oh, is no, running the, against oh, him, that, right? Yeah. Oh, is that, is that who that yeah. was? First time yeah. watcher, guys. That's cool. Gotta go easy. Papio Daniel is second time <laughs> and did a lot of reading. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Papio Daniel is Charles Durning is the big fat guy who keeps yelling at his sons and calling okay, him, okay. "You dumb son of a bitch." Um, yeah, and yeah. Homer, love him. He's the best. He's the best. They all look like boss hogs. All I kept hog. thinking about, they're all sitting on the porch, and I'm like, boss hog, boss hog, boss You look hog. at these guys in there. First of all, Deep South, it's obviously hot. They're wearing nine layers and suspenders. And yeah. you've got to look at those pants and go, where is your penis? That's all I ask. When you see guys that fat wearing pants that high, you've yeah. got to go, where's your penis, man? Like, where is it? Right. Because it's the same. Square belly. It's a square belly. It's all that's gross. Underneath. That's yeah. gross. It's, it's the <laughs> same gross. thing I've wondered about Humpty Dumpty this whole time. <laughs> that was the that was the the rated R version of Humpty Dumpty. Everybody. Humpty Dumpty had a big crank. All right. So the um. 
<laughs> but he hit it inside his flank. <laughs> his big square belly. Oh my golly. All right. Oh. So, uh, yes, Homer Stokes is bad news. Uh, Homer Stokes is, uh, is Homer Stokes, quote, I belong to a certain secret organization. I don't think I need to mention who it is. Yeah. And these boys, <laughs> these guys ruined ruined a lynching. I know they desecrated. <laughs> like, they desecrated. No, they on. desecrated our sacred rites and rituals. It's true. They they desecrated a fiery cross. Do you believe it? Yeah. Like what is mm. happening? That that again, we have that that confusion, that misdirect. Like he's saying something that's yeah. so good, but it's something so horrible. I mean, it's so yeah. horrible. Mm. Um, but also. I'm sorry. So, so Homer Stokes is bad news, and we like it when bad things happen to him. Even though he seems like he's he's better than Pappy O'Daniel, because Pappy O'Daniel's kind of a he's kind of an asshole, but he's right. he's mm-hmm. better for the state than Homer Stokes would be because he's not a a clan member. Um, so that's good, right? <laughs> Anytime you're not a clan right. member, can we all agree? <laughs> Are we all in agreement? Hot take: Clan is bad. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> Okay, but I have something funny about that Let's go around the room. <laughs> I do have something funny about right. that part. So all the Ku Klux Klan members that they needed for extras in that movie were people they hired from the military, yep. and they were almost all uh, African-American. Wow, all right. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I don't know if that's great. I retract my previous statement. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when we were talking about like you, though, we all agree listen. that the clan is bad i was waiting for somebody to be like well, well. <laughs> that would be, that would no, be the only word not, but... that it would take well, you know um, no well, <laughs> no but you know i gotta tell you it's really um it's a weird pill to swallow uh I, like i liked it but it's like I'm gonna to have to revisit it because you know you don't your brain is not always ready for certain mm-hmm. things in certain movies like you know what I mean I was not ready for an all out musical KKK moment yeah. you know what I mean like that was really odd yep. like and, and and the girls too that was a weird thing too with the three girls that just wouldn't stop singing yeah. but you know what I mean oh, like and sirens. you knew nothing about yeah. them and the sirens yeah. I guess they mm-hmm. were called but um, yeah. Like, that was a strange, like, aspects to the film that were, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going with one aspect of this yep. movie, like a, like a certain vibe, and then this happens. Well, um, because Sirens, like these Sirens certain... have a song. It's a song. Yeah. That's why. No, Sirens I'm saying it's a weird moment, though, because, like, the only thing... I, I wasn't shocked by the baptism uh, people who wouldn't stop singing because they looked like they were focused on... The baptism yep. like it seemed like that was like whatever tradition they were supposed to mm-hmm. be doing just wasn't ready for the other two musical numbers yeah. that just came out yeah. of nowhere well, yeah <laughs> like, they just, were i mean that's one cool, of the, the theme that's was, a coen was, brothers theme yeah. is wacky shit happens that takes you away from mm-hmm. where yeah. you're just like what is it and you, which is again why you have to watch it a thousand yeah. times mm-hmm. Well, it also, you know, um, I don't know if Melanie, you you were doing some reading, not to change the subject, but you're doing some reading, just talking about in general, like Coen Brothers movies always having themes. I read something that I found very interesting that maybe you guys could talk about is that uh, all their movies are uh, pursuit in per- everybody, all the characters in all their movies are in pursuit of money or of some financial gain. Okay, like ah. if you think yep. about, like think just think about all their movies, mm-hmm. they're all you, yeah. you know uh, raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. I love raising Arizona. Right, Big Lebowski, Pursuit of Money. Mm-hmm. You know, even posse. the same antagonist. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. taking these hugs yep. in any cash yep. you got. Yes. Um, but, but my favorite was but you know, no. Just to get back to the, the Piggly Wiggly reference before yep. made me think of uh, when High when, uh, 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 Ed comes home and says she's barren. Mm-hmm. And he goes, the way the doctors described it are insides, and we talked about that before, but he, he's like talking about how he's down on his luck, and he goes, I even found myself driving by convenience stores that weren't on the way home. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like known for being criminal. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that was yeah. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. But I think what the Coen brothers are also doing is they're taking something that is so terrible and exposing it for how ridiculous and crazy it is. Like when you have clan members... Mm-hmm doing that weird dance it's obviously nothing serious but they're taking it very seriously and but to the to someone from the outside it's as goofy as shit and then when when you see i mean you have a clan member that has one eye hole 
because it's the Cyclops. That's supposed to be for a laugh. So think about that. We have a scene with the clan, the, the thousand points of fright, and you've got John Goodman, who is the Cyclops, and he's got the one eye hole, and that comes out as a laugh. And when you see the them, there's another part where they, I think they grab the honor guard, uh, Delmar and, and, and them grab the, the honor guard, and they're coming up to the cross, the fiery cross, and they're doing some goofy thing. I, they're walking funny. And it's like, the, the think about they're trying to get a comic moment out of something so terrible that... And they yeah, don't, yeah. and they don't, they'll go, they'll go there and they do it because they're trying to expose it for what it is. Something obviously so ridiculous, you know, I mean, not ridiculous, funny, the clan's not funny, but it's so ridiculous that it should be ridiculed. An idea, yeah, the concept, concept right. is, should be ridiculed. Um, and, but, we, yeah. but Homer Stokes is exposed and, you know, it's because, and music plays a giant part in the movie. Homer Stokes is exposed as a Grand Wizard of the KKK, and when he goes to the final, the revival, you know, during the the Papio Daniel, or is it is it Homer's, or is it Pappy's, the thing at the end? It was Homer in the the sign, like a campaign. Yeah, rally, was it mean? for Homer Stokes? The sign Homer Stokes. Homer. Uh, he was late for his campaign rally because of the thing got disrupted. So. But he shows up. Sorry, I was at the clan meeting. I was at the clan meeting. <laughs> I, was a little I was at a secret Sorry, organization. Man. It would have been. You know what? If he is, if he stopped there, maybe it would have been okay. <laughs> maybe. Um, no, but I guess you know what the thing is is that people turn on him, not because well they turn on him because he he outs himself as a clan member. Even people there were like, whoa. And secondly, he doesn't like the soggy bottom boys because they they is integrated quote um they ain't right. even old timey in fact days integrated and like and people don't they would rather hear the soggy bottom boys than hear about your clan nonsense and at which point comes my favorite yeah. intelligent stupid quote in the whole movie and i say it over and over again to prove how genius this movie is when he says the crowd the crowd is turning on him and he says is you is or is you ain't my constituency that is the yes. best thing ever because yeah. it should be are you or are you not my constituency but it's is you is or is you ain't my constituency how how do you write that how do you write that line that's amazing i, I i'm sorry that's just it's so good is you is or is you ain't my constituency and then they come in they drag him off and everybody sings man of constant sorrow and it's just i don't know the devil is gone He's he's been dragged back to hell by the imps to where he belongs, and all is right in the universe until we see the devil again at the end. But I don't know; it's just good stuff. My favorite part mm. in the movie where um, there's like George Clooney sitting under that tree and a uh, big dance trying to teach him a lesson, and he goes, he's like smashing a huge log into the other guy's face, and he goes. What's going on, Big Dan? <laughs> yeah. And then he just let him in. He goes, yeah. I don't get it, Big Dan. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> he still like, like, makes, no, makes no effort. Doesn't move yep. a muscle. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. I love that part. I, I laugh so hard during that part. I don't get it, Big Dan. <laughs> I don't understand. What you getting at? Corn. He's just laying there and Corn's like spitting out. Well, of because he's met a con right. man as good as him. So he's bought into everything yeah. Big Dan has to say. Him smacking Delmar in the face with a log must be some greater message that I'm missing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna react, <laughs> you know. Oh, man. But you know, there, there's so much. There's so much in the movie. You know, does it? What's the plot? What's the plot? They're trying to get home because I mean, obviously the plot. <clears throat> just like they said, the Wizard of Oz yeah. are all but trying are, to get is home. it home and trying to be redeemed? Do, are they redeemed by the end? Are they redeemed honestly? Have they gotten their souls back? Like really, like that's kind of what it's about. Like I think so. You th yeah, I think so too. I think so too, but that's where I'm. When you look at the IMDb breakdown, there's no way you can, there's no way you can encapsulate it because there's so much going on, and and we see their characters in there. We see people that they want their souls redeemed, and you see the man that sold his soul to the devil, and they don't understand why, mm -hmm. and we see uh, George. Um, Which is based off a supposed true urban legend. Yeah, he's. Um, no, but uh, the 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 bank robber, George. No, not the like, bank uh, robber. The guy that he was in um, 
African American. Nelson. Uh, George Nelson. Yeah. George Nelson. George Nelson. No, I know yeah. that was right. that's Robert Johnson. He sold it sold at the crossroads yeah. for the for the whatever. Yeah. Not to yeah. bring up a Ralph Macchio movie. So no, but there's that. So he's he's sold his soul. They don't understand why, but it gets his. But it's, he's on the run from the devil. We have George Nelson who is looking for eternal happiness but can't find it because he's manic. Um, he just he, he's he's suicidal. Um, he's has a death wish and he's manic. So he's trying to find happiness and can't find it. Homer Stokes is trying to find happiness in all the wrong ways. So is the Cyclops. All these so, so these three characters are where we're hanging all of our hopes on as they go through their different their different trials and tribulations. The sirens do come in out of nowhere, but that's just another temptation along the road to redemption. And eventually they get there. It's supposed to make right? them forget about their their journey. Right. It's supposed to make them forget about what they're doing. Right. Because because the forces are working against them to their eventual redemption. Right. I don't know. There, there's got to be a reason they tell you it's based on Homer's The Odyssey. Mm-hmm. It, they're telling you what mm-hmm. it is yeah. ahead yeah. of time. So the, right. So you, I think as you're watching, if you didn't know that ahead of time, like what was the purpose of them mm-hmm. saying that it was based on that? They were under no obligation. I'm, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many movies that are based on other movies or other events or loosely based mm-hmm. on whatever that don't give it credit. But it's mm-hmm. almost like they're almost like telling you that because they're like, this will. Yeah, maybe. You. Yeah. I'm OK with that. <laughs> you know I mean? Go ahead. And, and they, like, when you I guys go. They said it was almost Here's like your... a joke. They put it on there like a joke. That's kind of neat. Yeah. We got to talk. We got to talk about uh, one of my favorites. Well, there's a lot of favorite scenes, right? But Homer Stokes is done. You know, the, the soggy bottom boys get Clooney is absolved. All their crimes are washed away. Papio Daniel is just trying to make good, good politicking. Basically, you know, uh, I like oh, these okay. guys. So uh, we're going to uh, make sure that, you know, they get off scot-free as long as you guys keep your nose, nose clean, which is all they want to do anyway. He finally, you know, the, uh, the, the suitor who is going after George Clooney's wife is part of Homer Stokes' gang. So um, he's kind of been out of the picture. George Clooney gets his family back. But she won't marry him unless he goes to get a diamond ring. So a real treasure now. Because we've already said, we've already established there's no treasure. We have to go get a treasure. And he goes out. And by the way, this whole movie, by the way, the devil is following them the entire time. Did we mention that? There's a devil character uh, with hellhounds that are following our our, our trio. Through. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I never even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. He's because he's, he's got flames in his glasses and he's got hellhounds and he tries yeah. to lynch the African American and they try to get not Delmark, John Turturro's character. So eventually they have to go to the the chicken house and they finally meet the devil again. And uh, you know they say you there was no bounty on us, we're free. And he says, Oh no, you're not. Um, so the devil shows up at the at the hen house, and George Clooney, who this entire time has not said or Delmar, uh, not Delmar, uh, God, Everett, um, Everett has has not embraced any faith at all. He's a man of words. He's a man of of schmoozing. He's a man of I guess logic. He's a man of constant sorrow. And sorrow. That's yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but it's so. What I think is wonderful about that scene is that he's he's on he knows he's about to meet his end the devil is about to lynch him and he actually gets on his knees and prays and he looks up and he says please i just got what i'm paraphrasing i just got my family back i just want to get back to where i finally got home just please help and then they the tennessee valley authority decides to flood the valley at that moment and the devil is washed away and that's where we see the wizard of oz imagery of, and we see a we see a, a cow on a on a chicken house, and we see banjos and and the damn fop tins floating by, and the hairnets, which we haven't talked about fop and, and the hound dog. yeah, and the little yeah, the little dog. Wasn't it? So wasn't it uh, the dapper, dapper Dan? Dan I'm not fop. Like, yeah, I'm not. All the yeah, sorry, I'm not. I'm a dapper Dan man. Yeah, there was like tons I don't want of no fop. Like, like cans upon I'm cans. A dapper Dan man. Um, yeah. Right. No, but it just proves like how much he is being serious yep. about that. He's yeah. like a, a whole collection mm-hmm. of it for, like yeah. at home. But um, and they, the, the devil is washed away. They pop up out of the water, and the other two are like, "We've been saved. It's a miracle." And the first thing out of Clooney's mouth, who was just on his knees begging to the Lord, is, "Well, it ain't no, ain't no thing. It's just the uh, tell us they've done, they've done uh, flooded out this valley to electrify this here area. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna go modern." Like immediately abandons all of that because he's he can't admit that he was humble at one point. 
He cannot admit to his friends that he had humility um, just because he can't. And we still we don't hate him for it. We can almost can like, well, what do you expect? He probably prays a lot when he's in his head. You know what I mean? Um, I just love that moment because he doesn't he's not he's he might be saved, but he's not going to change. You know what I mean? He's not going to suddenly have faith in the Lord. Um, I just I just it's a neat ending to that movie. Um, and then we see the Oracle again at the end. But uh, sorry, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, you're right. good. Did you guys? Well, did you guys know that that what? cabin I thought was kind of cute? That exact cabin replica that they did, you know, that they flooded, was actually the Evil Dead cabin. No, it was the not. Movie? Yeah, they they did the first that. One? Yep, he did it on purpose. I know it. Because one of the producers on that film, which one was it? Uh, one of the uh, Cohen brothers. Oh yeah, he knew Sam um, Raimi. The Cohens knew Raimi. Yeah, and and they worked on that movie together, and so he did it kind of as a joke to him. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> he did the exact because I replica. heard the first one get destroyed in a fire or something. Yeah, like so, so he did a replica, like kind of as a oh, it was a replica of it. Yeah. Oh, I was like the original. I mean, I thought no, the but he made it look too. exactly like the Evil Dead. That's cabin. funny. The uh, you know that in New That's York so back in the day. Um, the Cohen brothers, Sam Raimi, and Francis McDormand all had an apartment together. Can you imagine that? Really? Can you imagine that? That's crazy. <laughs> like the yeah. amount of creativity flying around that apartment. I can't imagine yeah. that. Um, it's sort of like when uh, Pete Davidson moved in with Kim Kardashian. Absolutely, hundred percent. Same sort of like yep. the level of genius that was then brought to that household. Off. <laughs> Off the charts. Off the charts. That's crazy. Uh, anybody else have anything they wow. want to say about the movie before we do final judgment? Any scenes that we missed or you want to bring up? Um, I can tell you that as far as the soundtrack goes, there's 8 million copies. Sold, I had one. And it was actually more popular than the movie. Mm-hmm. So good. You mentioned it's hard when you're auditioning for like some of those instruments. Yep. Um, like it's hard to find a xylophone player. <laughs> yep. You know? Um, I don't know if you know about Corey Pesatoro, but I met him when I was on the air in Providence mm-hmm. years ago. He was a child prodigy accordion player. Oh, my goodness. And he was like 11 years old. <laughs> like back in the day, I was on the air in Providence. I had Billy Gilman, like kind of introduced Billy Gilman to the country audience <laughs> back then. Wow. So I had, but Corey was one of these. It was weird if you think about it now as a full grown man. What the heck was I doing with all these 11 year olds <laughs> running around the radio station? But, um, so Corey, but Corey has gone on to be a world-class, world record-breaking accordion player who's had no shortage of work. It's crazy. I went to um, the Indianapolis 500 in in 2018, and I noticed on Facebook that he was at the Pittsburgh airport headed for, the, for Indy 2 for that same weekend. Difference was I was paying for an Airbnb buying tickets and wondering what the snake pit was. Corey was there because he would be like personal accordionist to Mario Andretti. <laughs> and we were supposed to drive. He had asked us for a lift back to Rhode Island. We had rented a minivan because it was like $49 one way. There must have been a shortage of minivans in Rhode Island they needed to get from Indianapolis. So Corey was going to come with me and a Kiwi friend, Brent, for the drive from Indy to, to Rhode Island, Corey canceled at the moment, at the last minute, because he got a gig from another race car driver. They wanted to play him to play at last minute. And since we were renting a minivan, the significance of that was at one point, it's going to be like me, a Kiwi, and an accordion player in the back of a minivan driving to Rhode Island is like Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's the beginning of a joke. Me, a Kiwi, and an accordion <laughs> player in a minivan. <laughs> so we ended up, so when Corey dropped out, we went to pick up the car and they gave us a challenger. So uh, my friend Brent and I changed the name Little Miss Sunshine Tour to the uh, Smoking and the Bandit <laughs> Tour or Cannonball Run sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like the, um, this is the side story, but like I like how uh, Weird Al was talking about when he was a kid. Um, he was having trouble, like, you know, making friends at school or whatever. And a door to door accordion salesman showed <laughs> up and his mom buys him the accordion. And he goes, Yeah, because that's not going to make me more awkward, is to make me an accordion player. <laughs> it's time now for final 
judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. All right. It's time for final judgment. We got to decide. I think we all are in agreement it's a pretty good movie, uh, but now we have to decide whether or not it holds up to the test of time. Again, this is 22 years ago, which is crazy pants to think about. Um, yeah, are you serious? Yeah, 22 years ago. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, so let's get at it. Um, Melanie, how Let about me you? first. Uh, do you, yes. How okay. do you think this movie holds up, Melanie? Well, it's a period piece, so they can't go out of time because mm-hmm. it's set back way far in the day, so you can't go out of time with that. So as, as far as that aspect, it holds up. I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed watching it the second time even more than the first. Uh, lots of funny parts in it. I love how every single time George Clooney wakes up, he's like, Get out of my hair! What's in my hair? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. concerned about his hair. Yep. And I like how mm-hmm. he... Um, I actually, like in Raising Arizona, they actually catch him from the smell of his hair gel. Kind of just like uh, in Raising Arizona, that's how they catch him too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, oh, really? I forgot yeah, about so, that. Um, I, I liked it a lot. I think it would definitely hold up. Um, I did... I'm not going to say, and you guys are going to hate me for this, but I did think nope. there were some slow parts in it. So... And okay. then there were some slow parts in it. Um, but other than that, I think it would totally hold up. Sure. Can you remember a slow part? I just remember the first time I watched it, I remember thinking it was kind of slow. And probably because I wasn't paying attention to it as much, I was like doing trivia and writing things down. So okay. the second time I watched it more, and of course I enjoyed it more because I get to watch it more. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought it was, I don't know, a little bit, I don't know, a little bit slow for me. Okay. It's, it's like okay, so like like Halloween's my favorite movie. Jaws is your favorite movie. I watch Jaws every single time it's on TV. I would watch it over and over and over and over and over again. Jaws, Halloween. If they're on, I'm gonna watch it. It's gonna be in the background forty-seven thousand times. So this movie mm-hmm. I love, but I had seen it and I had watched it one time, and then I had watched it one or two times recently. I think it was twice actually. Um, but it's not something that I would constantly have on the rotate as in the background. Sure, sure. Yeah. Fair enough. I can dig it. All right, Tad. Well, I was just imagining as Melanie was reviewing this movie, uh, what if she did listen to my radio <laughs> show? And then I was like, so what did you think? And she'd be like, well, i got to be honest. There were some slow parts. <laughs> you know. Okay, I love you. I promise I will Once freaking I, follow you every day. I had it on in the background. No, I'm just teasing you. I'm teasing you. I just, uh, I, I thought that was really great. Um, I loved it. It was similarly like it was the second time I've watched it. I can't wait to watch it again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I love the Big Lebowski, and I feel like that this is it. It, it really hits all the right buttons for me. Mm-hmm. You know yep. what I mean? Like it. It's got. It's got all the same characters. It's got the Donnie, like Delmar or Delmer or whatever mm-hmm. is the is the Donnie character yep. in that he. Uh, um, like when he's trying to offer them gopher and they're over here trying to have a serious conversation. It's like the gopher is the walrus. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? Um, and so like those little things that you're going to pick up on the six trillionth time mm-hmm. you watch the movie. So I could see Melanie, your first time you're watching it. I mean, if we didn't have this assignment, like we were going to be talking about this and I just had that on in the background. I mean, I would be so lost. It is one of those movies, like Lebowski, like pretty much, I think, every Coen Brothers movie. You must sit down in the dark and pay attention. You can't do trivia, Melanie. You can't be doing trivia on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do trivia as like a trivia night or something? I love trivia. No, research. I love trivia. I don't do trivia in all the movies. Okay, see? Okay. (laughs) Okay. But yes, I also yes. play trivia pursuit all the time. So yes, I'm a trivia person. I love trivia. <laughs> cool. You like you like going to trivia um, nights at, at my house. You know, have you guys yes. done that? Oh, you do. Have you guys done that? You oh, I clean up. Trivia night. I, they ask ten. I, I love destroy. that. It's such great. Get a pitcher I, of beer. I, I, I gotta, would love that. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. I have a. Uh, no, it's I, I'm an '80s yeah, uh, so music. Trivia guy, like you know, like I've done it many, yeah. many times on this show. I did it on the cruise, and let's say you got a point, a point for having for, COVID. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, no. Hey, uh, HIPAA laws, man. Just the Come audience on. is in the dark. I, I have to that. I have like, you're more than music um, trivia, and I'll remember every single music, but I won't remember who sang it or what year. But I'm with Chris. The whole time you were quizzing him on 
like uh, series uh, soundtracks, like not soundtracks. Oh, the like theme TV songs. themes. I'd be like, oh, I know that, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I remember that more than I'd remember who sung what and what. You so I did um, uh, one point for the song and then one point for the artist, and they gave fifteen. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you got thirty, you know, then. The, They'd pull you over, uh, you know, like and uh, call you up and try to like you know eliminate. If if two people got thirty, then they'd be like first person to raise their hand. I got twenty nine yeah. points, and 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 you oh, and you know, it's it's one of those like I call it twenty nine and a half uh, because uh, the the song was Purple Rain. Yeah. Oh boy, who was it? Prince. Yeah. Prince. But you forgot okay. to mention and the revolution. Oh, that's oh come on, <laughs> dude! That's the Disney you know people running that show. There's going to be thirty people with thirty, uh, you know, points. So we need to eliminate everybody down to like two. And I was like, Bring. oh my gosh, they didn't want you to win the five hundred dollars. It was like a Disney bag or Ooh. something with that thing. Uh, but no, but it's like you know, like it would have been cool to say mm-hmm. I did it. But I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Lousy, stupid uh, and revolution. And to my original point that I made to you early, the person who only scored two points out of the whole game was locked in his room until they until they mm-hmm. got to port, and then the mouse kicked him off, <laughs> saying never to be heard from again. Well, Don't yeah. piss off the mouse. Right. So, uh, all right, so yeah, I'll, I'll take a turn. You didn't know it was aha, you idiot. Don't <laughs> piss off the mouse. You're out of here. Right. <laughs> so I'll take a turn for the, um, uh, how much it holds up. It, uh, it, it, it holds up nicely. I, I always, I've always said it about um, period pieces that just it's because you're not locked into the year 2000. You're not like, look at that weird razor, mm-hmm. <laughs> the flip phone, <laughs> you know, whatever. They probably didn't even have the razor yet. It definitely feels like one of their films. And that's that's yep. a good thing because it's it's like they for some reason they have this grit attached to their southern stories and stuff like that. It's like it's intangible. You can't even. Um, maybe put your finger on it but like you know it's them mm-hmm. it's like their signature so i uh, just uh, just a second ago revealed that i, I did get covid over I the uh, I, don't, I don't think i said it on the, right uh, now <laughs> <laughs> well you're the one drinking wine I so the, i don't know uh, I, I went away on the cruise I, I went on the disney cruise and i got it like halfway through um uh the cruise was from saturday to saturday and i got it um i felt awful on Tuesday so like you know so really like like Tuesday night into Wednesday um, you know so for the rest of the week you know felt like dirt still do kind of like it's still hanging around like a little fog (laughs) anyways I saw the movie last night for the first time did everything I could you know as far as like learning but like there's a million Mm -hmm. bits of dialogue in there and it's a lot to handle Um, I wasn't watching it twice because I don't feel Mm -hmm. that great when when you're introduced to something and you're not feeling well that's not always the best nope. experience yeah. so i'm not saying i didn't enjoy it but i just i know if i watched it again it would be something like i'm just associating this with how i feel yeah. so like a year from yeah. now <laughs> I'll, I'll go to pl- press play if i saw it twice while i felt like dirt i'm probably going to feel like dirt the moment mm-hmm. i press play again so i was like i'm not doing that i'm just going to it's like jägermeister <laughs> I'm going to go with the experts, and I figured you guys would be the experts. Cool. So, um, All right. But that's true. The yeah, second so, time you yeah, watch no, it, it holds you, up. you pick up more things and you appreciate it more. Yep. I think. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of nuance in it. Um, so I'll go. Uh, I think uh, it does hold up. Uh, obviously, period piece holds up. Um, the storytelling holds up. You have to be into the Coens, kind of. Um, you know, If you're just looking for a run-of-the-mill movie, this is not it. But there's enough elements in it to keep you entertained. Uh, and there's certainly enough things in it um, that will take you by surprise, like just things out of left field, uh, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, it, I mean, it holds up for a lot of reasons. And I think it holds up because it's just it's just really well done. I will say that it, I believe it underachieved. I believe it came out and kind of bombed. But now it has a not a cult following, but more people appreciate it now than then. I think it didn't. I don't think it did well originally i thought it won some awards though didn't it oh it may have but i don't think a lot of people saw it i don't i don't think it was critically critically acclaimed, acclaimed. Yeah. yeah um right. i remember it kind of went with a thud but then the soundtrack came out yeah. and then people started to kind of get in on it after a while i think it was a slow a grower anyway uh bottom line 
absolutely holds up. Um, I think as a as a critical piece of filmmaking, I think you just have to see the movie. And uh, Melanie, you and I will differ on this. I have had this movie just on in the background while I'm doing yeah. other stuff. It's comforting yeah. to me, and that's fine. That's just an opinion. That shouldn't be everybody's okay. thought. But that's I, I know that's horrible because like serial killer things are comforting to me in the background. No, I, <laughs> I put the I put the thing on in the background. I mean, how tough is that to watch? Like a, a movie about Billy, abs- don't take this. Don't take. It. He's trying to make himself sound. No, 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 no. This is I'm not for Marston, being on the background. Background all the time. Yeah. He's trying to one up, uh, one up you. <laughs> no. All right, fine. Or, or if, like, if he ever, if he ever needs to reach her for like, you know, like a, a show uh, situation, she, before she answers, she puts on this movie yeah. in the background and ah, makes sure oh, he's aware. <laughs> yeah, what's that in the background? That's amazing. What? what no, no, just, no, that's know, a normal. That's a normal. Every day. So you always meeting. have the Halloween soundtrack in the background of my. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say just since this is a since this is a film podcast, um, I I I got really excited because I accidentally I I was on a cruise too. It wasn't a Disney cruise. It was much more budget than that. But uh, I didn't realize we had TV in the room until the last night we were there because it was just like this. It was like an iPod on your wall, a 42 inch iPod. It was like, check and see what your bill Mm -hmm. is. Check and see what excursions we have. And I didn't realize there were actual channels on it, but I landed on meet the Fockers, (laughs) and I realized just watching that, like in terms of just like things that can be on in the background, like these movies need to be watched over and over. Like I was like, I'm going to constantly, if I didn't have kids have I would have movies playing in my house all mm-hmm. the time and the funny ones like the Apatow brother ones or going back to airplane yep. or oh God, whatever all awesome. these great old like kind of not dumb all the time but mm-hmm. can be and just great mm-hmm. comedy like uh, when meet the fuckers when uh when he says my wife quoted this when I I so, told her how much I liked it she goes he goes uh, uh do I have nipples Greg can you can you milk no. me oh my god <laughs> That was I have I have nipples, Greg. Can you vote me? Oh, really? I love it. Yeah. De Niro has weird comic timing. He's actually kind of good at it. He's so good. Like uh, so good. Midnight Run. Midnight Run. He's so good in Midnight Run. Oh, and Charles Grodin is in that, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Charles. Do you want to talk about like the best, like (laughs) deadpan, dry? (laughs) There's nobody drier than Chuck Grodin. Yep. Love him. His his talk show that he did Terrible. on CNBC way back, it was like during yep. the OJ trial. Oh, yep. no, I loved it because it's the same. Like, that was his personality. And I remember one night he opened the show. It was during the OJ trial, and he was trying on a leather glove. It was complete <laughs> silence in the studio. And he's, like, pulling at it, and he's tugging at this glove. It's silent still. I, it felt like five minutes. It might have been less. But, and finally he gets it. He holds it up like this. And like he just looks at the camera and he's like, "Tonight on the program, like didn't address it or anything." And I was like, "That's." I mean, I loved it. Loved why don't you put the cigarette on? Why don't you put the cigarette? Well, I'm sorry, but if something is soaked in blood and it's leather, it's going to shrink. It's not going to fit. <laughs> and it's soaked in blood and it's all wet and then it dries. It's not going to fit. Yeah, I mean, the the point is, you can make no. You, I mean, not to not to take us back to 1994 but that is also in your window yep. so i guess it's okay uh, and he was in airplane <laughs> so there's a movie connection yeah, yeah exactly like monica lewinsky is coming up next <laughs> but um you can't oh she not is to, to belabor a point yeah. <laughs> i mean i could talk about inflate gate and that would seem old but i'm going back to oj but i'm just since it came up like you can make any leather glove look difficult to put on your hands yeah. no matter what the size it's, especially when you're wearing a, a latex glove over your yeah. <laughs> I, is that what he was doing right yeah he had, he had a latex glove on wet and dries come on people i have a hard time taking off my leather pants when my legs are wet i'm just saying anyway um <laughs> just like my cousin with the purple passion that's right <laughs> that's right, <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, listen. We're gonna, on that on that note, well, we're gonna have, we're gonna say goodbye. So, Tad, uh, I, I I definitely been following you on Instagram. That's that's oh, some great stuff. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's nice. What's this? So, I just uh, want to say before what's you wrap this it up, Instagram. Um, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
before you wrap it up, I do want to point out that again, I've, I'm going to walk away from this podcast feeling like there we go again with another, like the, are the podcasts on the Coen brothers movies mm -hmm. are as, hard to follow along as the movies themselves so i apologize i know we jumped around a lot but you know like meet the fuckers we can just quote it a couple of times have a couple of laughs and be done but it's like i just feel like when you're talking about the coen brothers mm -hmm. it's like twists and turns you can't it, they, it, it can't be discussed no you're right you know it's incredible yep. it's non-linear storytelling yeah. and it's good stuff i agree yeah thanks for having me thanks tad all right man and where can we find you tad uh, I'm gonna let Melanie okay. answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> yes! We have a I lobbed it up and you spiked it down. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> she was ready. I was ready. I got her ready. Yep, all in her stack of trivia. <laughs> we do a trivia game on our show, Melanie, called Are You Smarter Than Kara? Because we have a woman on our show that's really up on top of her uh, pop culture trivia knowledge. Oh. So you could call, and if she if you can beat her, she pays you a hundred dollars oh. cash. And you know that would be easy because I think you live in the same city. I think. Yeah, you could just come by and pick up the hundred bucks. That's true, right? Did you know that? <laughs> I drive over there. I'll be actually over there tomorrow. I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow, so. Oh yeah, what are you doing? Uh, family friends. Can you not say? <laughs> the what? Family friend is actually in the hospital. He's at uh, St. Joseph's, uh, Emory St. Joseph's, so I'm going there. Oh, I'm sorry about yeah. that. Be Here, I was hoping that you'd be going to Antico yeah. or the Battery or something. <laughs> Nothing fun, no. <laughs> yeah, good one. Well, awkward, party of one. <laughs> this time it's you, not me. <laughs> good times. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. All right. Have a great week. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Chirp about movies.